morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0 and NXT UK. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by the one, the only, the masterful, the list master, the master list dude, guy. He's Matt. Bonjour! I gotta tell you, buddy, I've been called worse. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Christmas time is here. Happiness and cheer. Uh, fun for all the children call. Th- their favorite time of year. Is that how that song goes? I don't think anybody knows the lyrics to that Charlie Brown song. But how are you doing today on this fine Toronto morn? I am doing fantastic. Almost dropped my one F-bomb there, but I'm going to wait for it. <laughs> Because there's something in this show where I know I'm going to drop it. So we're going to wait on that. I'm doing great, man. Honestly, I'm in a great mood. Uh, you know, Christmas is around the corner. Things in Ontario might not be the best, right? It seems like, you know, we, we've taken two steps forward and ten steps back uh, as it pertains to, you know, COVID and whatnot. And I don't want to turn this into a COVID talk because I'm sure everyone's exhausted of it. But... All things considered, I am in a great mood. Um, I have, you know, I'm just I'm just ready for the next few weeks, ready for a bunch of awesome stuff coming up, both here on SNME and on the It's Canon podcast. And honestly, man, like things are uh, things are looking up, Millhouse. <laughs> nice, man. Glad to hear that. Yeah, it's it's a busy time and uh, the chaos in the world doesn't make it easier. But yeah, we don't need to go deep into that. But I, I'm glad you you seem good, man. You seem happy. I'm definitely feeling good. I, I took a lot of pride in my gift giving this year. Last time we spoke, I had no gift giving done. I bought everything. And you know what? Though it was last minute, I really think I did a good job overall. I, I think I came together for the family and some friends. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun holiday season. I'm heading back home on the 23rd, which is tomorrow as of when we record this. I'm excited. I know they're recommending us not to go home. I'm only going home briefly. I haven't seen my family in a little bit. Just be nice to see some people. But uh, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Good times, um, good times ahead. Oh, for sure. Good, great times ahead. And, you know, my family's still debating exactly what we're going to be doing. But again, I don't want to turn this into the COVID hour. Uh, no point in that. But in terms of Christmas shopping, uh, I finished all the individual gifts except for one person. Um, you can probably guess who that is. Uh, and um, aside from that is. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, um, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> um uh stocking stuffers so my family we do we 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 draw names uh we don't name names in the in the aguilar (laughs) tomasino household we do not name names we draw (laughs) names and you know we we give each other a 75 dollar limit and we just buy stuff for the stocking for that one person right it's kind of like an extra gift um you know with the limit being 75 bucks you can get them something pretty good um i know they don't listen to this show but i ended up getting my uh, my brother which is like fan freaking tastic he's like so easy to buy for because i just think if i think it's cool He's going to think it's cool. Yeah, so right. We're good. Exactly. Nice, man. Uh, yeah. oh, that's so, a good, good draw. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I have the <laughs> stocking stuffer and then I need to buy it for that last person. But I think that's going to be in Amazon order. Uh, I, I'm not quite certain. Like I might get her one of those um, 
she's been getting she's she she she's been getting a lot of back pain recently right so i'm i think i'm gonna get her like one of those massage rollers she's been looking at that for a while um i don't know why she hasn't bought it maybe i i I feel like she is telling me about it mentioning it a lot just so that i actually (laughs) buy it for her right Perhaps the hints are being dropped, man. Well, that's good of you to listen, pick up on the uh, cues there. Uh, it's a, you know, thoughtful gift. I like where your head's at on that one, buddy. It's a good system your family has, too. We're kind of just willy-nilly in my family. We just, you know, buy gifts uh, for whoever, whenever. Yeah, that's what we do as well. Like, you know, the, the expectation is that everyone's going to yeah, get a course. gift for everyone, right? Like, uh, with the emphasis yeah. being on the children. Uh, but uh, the stocking is something that we do just to make sure that everyone gets something no matter what uh what really sucks though is that you know we won't be able to celebrate at all with my grandmother at all um the home was locked down as of yesterday i don't know if i i don't remember if i told you this but yeah so we got to figure that out um but yeah no aside from that dude honestly uh the sun is finally out here in toronto uh we have a long day of recording which is going to be ton of fun. I know you have some operation sports stuff that you're working on. I'm going to be working on some side stuff here for it's Canon and even for SNME. Um, and then later today, we're going to come back and we're going to record tomorrow's episode of BAM, which is what? It is kind of a year-end extravaganza, the main event of which being the 50 hardest cuts from our top 121 of 2021 list because there were so many amazing wrestling matches this year, Boris, that I actually compiled the top 50 of the matches that I cut from the top 121. So we're not going to rank them. We're just going to go through them in chronological order. It's going to be more of a chill, you know, celebration of pro wrestling that happened over the year before the main event, which is the top 121. Also, we're going to maybe give some bold predictions for 2022. We have a couple of tricks up our sleeve. It's going to be like a year end Thanksgiving or not Thanksgiving Christmas slash new year's extravaganza. Yeah. I'm thinking we should give Helvetica predictions. I don't even understand that it, joke. Italic predictions, because you said bold. You know, I'm thinking like fonts. Uh, a font joke <laughs> right over my head. Oh, man, I'm still trying to figure out why I just said Thanksgiving. I guess we are giving <laughs> thanks to wrestling, but it's Christmas. Jesus, Lord. Yes, exactly. It's all good, man. Uh, yeah, I'm running on, like, barely any sleep at this point, and I, I, I'm, like, chugging. I'm chugging along at this point, but, you know, I, I, I'm feeling good. I'm really excited about this episode of NXT. Um, You know what? Before we get started, let's have this conversation. It's a conversation that I started, and I feel like we've been having this conversation a little more and more, um, but it's just one of those things that I just want to emphasize on this. And one of the things I'm noticing is kind of the attitude towards NXT 2.0. It's not Dynamite. It is not SmackDown. It's not you know, a top fleet show, top tier show. But, and even then, I still think a lot of people are just just going out of their way to crap on the show. Am I saying it's perfect? Hell no. Do I like everything? Hell no. But overall, I really try to give everything a chance. I see this, honestly, as a developmental league. Um, you know, there, do I agree that everyone is ready to even be on NXT TV right now? No. But like when we compare this from September 
mid-September to when NXT 2.0 started to last night's episode. Dude, you're seeing some amazing progress with some of these wrestlers. Absolutely. They are developing. It is developmental and people are developing. It's working. And yeah, man, it's it's as though when the switch happened, people just decided, oh, this sucks. And nobody has bothered to look back on it or give it a chance since. But that's what we're here to do, Boris. We're chronicling this thing weekly, watching, taking notes, watching really closely. And some of it is nonsense. Some of this show was absolute nonsense and garbage. And there were some terrible ideas. But at the same time, there was a good opener, an awesome uh, main event. There's some really good promos scattered in the middle. NXT is pumping out some good stuff. And... You, you can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater on this kind of thing, man. It's like, yeah. yes, it's it's worse than it used to be, but it doesn't mean that you the whole thing is terrible and you have to just get rid of it all. Like, there are some gems here on NXT 2.0. There are. I think, honestly, people are so used to the, 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 the best of the indies NXT, right? Like, that era of NXT. I, you know, did you ever watch NXT... Like way back when, like we're talking before the network. Oh yeah, I well, like how, like what like, do you mean, like post, the old post old? game show, pre network yeah. NXT. Right, I got you. Yes, yeah, I I did. I've been an NXT fan, even like the game show era. I tried to catch every episode. I, I'm sure I didn't watch every episode religiously, uh, especially like the the Connor O'Brien season or all yeah. those guys. But uh, I, I definitely watched the CM Punk commentary women's season of NXT, and I, I I've been trying to watch NXT like steady because I did I did really enjoy the indie era, but I enjoyed the previous era too. It's the idea of a WWE developmental show is pretty intriguing to me. It's uh, you know what I mean. I in the way that the OHL is intriguing, or that minor league baseball would be intriguing, or college basketball or college football. Exactly, like that's honestly how I see this, and like I'm not expecting five-star matches I never really was but now I'm really not expecting five-star matches and like I've said many times including last week as long as I see these wrestlers improve week over week that's all you can ask for and if this is the future of what WWE is going to be you know what it's at least at the very least using this formula when you graduate to the main roster you're at least going to be given a shot yeah, of course. And that's what it's all about, man. That's what this whole thing should be about. So it's good that they, they've structured it this way. I 100% agree with you. And, uh, man, at the end of the day, like if you're, if you're just going to be like, oh, this show sucks and, and I hate it and I'm not going to watch it, that's fine. It's your prerogative, but it's kind of your loss as well, right? Like it's not, I, it is worse. I'm not going to argue that it's better. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there are some good things. And hey, that's why we're here, baby. We're here to tell you every week about it. Exactly. Because just as Jason says, we watch these shows so you don't have to. And that's why you are a patron you know, uh, on 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 SNME, listening to us uh, uh, talk. I was trying to find a good word for talk, but I couldn't. <laughs> NXT talk. It's our podcast. All right. Without further ado, Matt, I think it's time. We do have NXT 2.0 from last night. We have NXT UK to chat about. We have a full docket of NXT. So I think it's time that we get down to business. But before we do that. 
we have one last thing to take care of, and that is our rating system, because as the young guns were done with star ratings and every week we have a new rating system to jour that usually reflects something on the episode on our moods on on what on, on on the atmosphere of nxt uh so this week matt what are you thinking that we should rate the matches out of I'm thinking to celebrate the great AJ Styles, referred to numerous times as a Hall of Famer on this show. One of his rare NXT appearances, I think maybe his only second uh, of his career. Uh, a AJ Styles, we're going to go AJ's out of five on this episode of NXT Talk, I think, buddy. That sounds awesome. All right, so we, the show kicks off right away with Tommaso Ciampa in the ring, mic in hand. He starts off by saying he's got something he's got to get off his chest as nxt champion you are the hunted everybody has their eyes on you and the title you hold above your head but he's a little bit different than everyone who held the title before him because champa as champa he does the hunting and last week braun breaker was the hunted he knows who he he knows he's champing at the bit to interrupt them but no need because tom uh, Tommaso is inviting him to his ring and he wants to say what he has to say face to face. Obviously, enter Braun Breaker with two Ks. Uh, Champa stops him from getting a microphone and says everybody knows what he's going to say. At War Games, he made a statement, right? Speared Tom through a table and pressed him into a power slam and pinned him. One, two, three, right? He doesn't just want another shot at the title. He's earned it, right? Uh, and on a big stage, right? New Year's Evil, January 4th, Breaker Champa 2. That's what you're thinking, Champa said. Um, Braun does, Champa agrees that Braun deserves that title match. And let's just hope he doesn't drown like he did the first time. Because once he gets his second opportunity, he wants him to remember what he said about jumping into the deep end. At Halloween Havoc, he exposed Breaker's inexperience in the ring and in life. And there's no replacement for time and experience. Braun has all the tools. Everyone knows it. But the thing is, he's not ready to be a champion in Tom's NXT. To be like Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor, and Tommaso Ciampa. All guys who spent a decade before WWE and then some spent another decade in WWE perfecting their craft. And Breaker has what? 10 matches? 20 matches? And he's not going to try to be disrespectful because he's doing great. He just doesn't know if he's ready for the bright lights and the weight of the world on his shoulder. One mistake. One slip off the rope, and it's gone. And he's sure that's not going to happen again. And he knows it's Braun's head. He's imagining the celebrations. And then reality hits. Uh, this is when Champa slaps him across the face to punctuate his, his statement. Braun grabs um, grabs uh, Champa on the neck. He pulls him up in the military press. And then he just sets him down to kind of like send a message. He picks up the title belt. Hands it over to Champa. Uh, Breaker gets in his face and says, Blood is in the water. And this shark is going to eat him alive in two weeks. So yeah, a fabulous promo by Champa. You did a good job recapping it, my friend. I really liked at the end when Breaker held the title in front of Champa. As soon as it was close enough to Champa that he could physically touch it, he latched himself onto the title. 
and Breaker didn't let go. So I thought that was really cool. While Braun was saying, I'll see you in two weeks. It was uh, it, like Ciampa was basically clutching onto the title as well. I, I just thought that was fabulous. Yep. Tommaso Ciampa is such a good character. And right now at this moment, he's kind of like towing the heel line. But I wouldn't be heartbroken if he just cheated to win this match and went full heel and they did it a third time. Although I do kind of think that Braun Breaker is about to win the title in two weeks. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because I feel I kind of do think that they might go that route. But how much more time does Braun Breaker have in NXT, right? Like, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. Great call. Yeah. But maybe he doesn't get the title at all. Exactly. Maybe Tommaso Ciampa cheats and Braun goes straight to the main roster in the Royal Rumble. It's possible he doesn't win this title because he doesn't really need it if he's getting fast-tracked. So we'll see. Exactly. That's the beauty about this, right? Like, um, you know, Braun Breaker is the guy who has kind of been earmarked as the future of NXT. So, you know, my question to you, Matt, is if you were the powers that be, do you keep him in NXT and kind of build up the brand and build and build a brand around him uh, as he continues to develop? Or do you fast track him to the main roster and kind of keep NXT like this constant uh, uh, churn of, 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 of roster? You know what's funny? And maybe I'm totally off base on this. But if he was Braun Steiner or Rex Steiner and they were allowed to call him that and this whole time he'd been a Steiner brother, I think he could be main roster ready. But since he's Braun Breaker... And to the average casual fan flipping around on Monday Night Raw, who do still exist, I promise you, they would just be like, who's this guy? And the, he would be starting from scratch anyway. So you might as well, I honestly think, uh, it's not only the name change, but because he's completely starting from scratch, you might as well leave him in NXT a little longer. There are ways that they could do it, though, where it really makes sense. Primarily, first thing, change his name back to Steiner. But they could call him up and it wouldn't be a terrible decision. Me, personally, I'd leave him there for six more months. Yeah. I agree. No, honestly, I'm going to agree with you 100%. I think he should stay there a little longer. Um, you know, not only will he be able to develop, but I feel like he'll also be able to kind of build the brand around him, you know, put the brand yes. on his back. Yeah, as, as he gets more popular, that actually could very well happen. If they had a Goldberg, a WCW Goldberg, a true star in this kid, it really could help NXT 2.0 kind of cement themselves and just no longer be in fear of cancellation, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, I agree with you 100%. So, you know, we're going to touch on that as we talk about New Year's Evil, especially as we do the preview next week. But, you know, just, you know, some food for thought uh, as we move forward and continue talking about this program and this next person's program, because this person is someone who I think has just gone from like a seven to a nine point five. Uh, so we get an Instagram video from Grayson Waller where he talks about growing up, loving AJ style, but he's kind of like that other guy he got rid of and he's hanging on just a little too long. He proposes stealing the phenomenal tagline and Mox Styles hair. Yeah, this was a good, and it was on Instagram, so you're free to check it out yourself. I really like this promo a lot. I thought they did a good job of summarizing it, showing us the highlights on uh, on this year NXT show. If something excels on social media, 
show us on television because not I don't follow Grayson Waller, although I probably should. Actually, as of the end of this podcast, I'm going to go follow Grayson Waller. But uh, yeah, man, I, I think this was really good. And kudos to WWE for showing it off when someone hits a home run on social. Exactly. You know, that's my number one complaint about like any promotion around right now. It's how they use social media. Sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. Right. Like there is this fine line of do you want to show everything? Do you want to show highlights? I still don't think that the promotions know how to properly use their own social media and having, you know, with the creativity of a Grayson Waller, right? Like, like how much do you want to portray that on your TV? Yeah, man. It just comes down to when these wrestlers do something that actually like lands somewhat with fans that actually like gets into the popular culture to the mainstream to some degree you have to capitalize it's the old Zack Ryder thing the difference being they want Grayson Waller to do this and they're encouraging it yeah that's the big difference right there right it's funny because like a <laughs> Zack Ryder would not he'd get fired within weeks like nowadays you, yeah. you mean yeah yeah Unless they specifically brought him in and gave him this character, yes. this Grayson Waller character, you're completely right. Yeah. All right. So we then go to the back, and Dakota Kai is attacking Raquel Gonzalez backstage. Uh, the, just remember, they're not in the ring, so the match hasn't officially started, but they're going back and forth, throwing everything and the kitchen sink on each other. Dakota Kai at some point goes for a Frankensteiner. Uh, Gonzalez reverses it, swings her into some lighting scaffolding. They're still fighting. Uh, you know, no ref is in sight. Uh, at one point, Gonzalez rams her with a flatbed cart, sets her up on it, ramming her into a garage door. Uh, Kai stumbles outside. Raquel follows, throws her into the garage door from the outside as we go to a commercial break. Yeah, so hot, hot start to this one. I like this match a lot overall, man. This was the uh, the 1999 hardcore match of the evening. There was some plunder, some backstage shenanigans, uh, far less shots to the head, of course. But this was a modern take on the old hardcore title from the Attitude Era. And, you know, in small doses, I actually quite like this style. Yeah, in small doses, and I actually really appreciated the way that they set this match up, right? Like, they could have easily done some entrances, but they kind of hooked you, um, you know, for, furious to the commercial with this attack, with the both of them fighting, and it's like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it on this channel, let's see, let's see what happens on the, on the other side of the commercial break. Right, start in the action, Boris, you got to start in the action, I love it. Yeah, all right, so this does indeed lead us into the match one because they do eventually reach the ring, and that is Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez in a street fight. Matt, this match, like you said, was the plundered uh, 1999 hardcore match style. Uh, it was fine for what it was. Um, Dakota Kai took some pretty nasty, nasty-looking bumps, yeah. as did Raquel Gonzalez, to be honest, uh, when she was put inside of one of the garbage pans, uh, garbage cans, um, you know, and Dakota Kai stomps on her. You know, there's so much can go wrong. Uh, there was that uh, that power bomb from Gonzalez on to Kai on the stairs that looked pretty nasty. Gross. Yeah. Gross spot. Yeah, man. And yeah, this was this was like, let's just hit each other with a bunch of stuff and take some bumps on some hard surfaces. But again, like it works in small doses. It worked as a blow off to this feud. It felt like hated, uh, heated. And you know what? 
the crowd, man. Boy, were they into it. Shockingly so. And kudos to the NXT production team for showing that off at many occasions. What have I said about the crowd in NXT 2.0? Ever since the crowd has picked up and started uh, like uh, appreciating NXT 2.0 and the new characters. And yes, I know Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are both are both uh, carryovers from NXT original, black and gold, right? But the crowd has been a lot hotter as of late, and it's really improved the product in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. A million percent. And uh, it makes me worried for future NXT events, although thankfully NXT is filmed in Florida. <laughs> so we probably don't have to worry too much. We will not have to worry about that whatsoever. All right. So eventually, uh, Raquel Gonzalez hits a power bomb into the steel steps. As I mentioned, uh, she chokes Kai on the table. She throws her back inside the ring. Uh, she does her chingona bomb uh, into a bunch of trash cans and gets the pin for the win. Interestingly enough, there was a leftover table set up on the corner, so you know something was going to happen. But Raquel Gonzalez wins this match, and he essentially wins this feud. Yes, the uh, Chekhov's table still looming in the corner. Raquel pins Dakota Kai with what the announcers call the Chingona Bomb. So we'll call it a Chingona Bomb. But it was really more of an awesome bomb. More of a Mike Awesome over-the-shoulder super power bomb onto this garbage can. 14 minutes and 11 seconds from right around the time that the backstage attack started. Uh, So, yeah, this really worked for me as a blow-off with the incredible crowd reactions. We're going to go as high as three-and-a-half AJs out of five, Boris. It's a 70% phenomenal forearm percentage on this one, big homie. All right, so after the match, Raquel Gonzalez gets on the mic, calls Mandy Rose down for a title rematch right now. She says she won't leave until she gets it, and we go to break. Um, when we get back from commercial, we get a Tony D'Angelo hype reel, AOA Hogabagool. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. I love Tony D'Angelo. He's doing some good work. I really enjoy his character, and he had the best match of his career in, in this one, although he needs some work in some places. We'll get into it. But yeah, Tony D, working for me. One of the success stories of NXT, for sure. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, so Raquel Gonzalez is still in the ring. Um, this is when uh, Cora Jade comes out for some reason. You know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that back. The fabulous, the amazing, the one, the only Cora Jade comes out. Uh, she says she knows Raquel is calling Mandy out and she deserves her title shot, but Toxic Attraction need to pay for trying to end her career. Those bitches. Uh, the only way is to cut the head off of the snake and take the title away from Toxic Attraction. Gonzalez says Jade is her girl, but she's got guts. Uh, But when it comes to the women's title, it's every woman for herself, and she hasn't been the same since Halloween Havoc. She took care of Dakota Kai, and there's only one thing left to do, and she'll do anything to get her title back. This is when Mandy Rose interrupts interrupts from the pool side on the big screen and says she knows this isn't just about her title. This is about what she's done for the women's division and the entire brand at New Year's Evil. It'll be a three-way match for her title featuring both Raquel Gonzalez and the fabulous Cora Jade. Yes, Mandy, 
yeah, this was a, a interesting, uh, interesting promo for sure. I thought all three, all three women did a good job. Uh, Mandy's character is 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 pretty pretty well the new Sable. Talking speaking of 1999 Attitude Era, the the difference between her and Sable is very very minimal. But you know what? It, it's pretty entertaining. She's doing a good job with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. She, she, yeah, she is. All right. So uh, she then says she's full of surprises. Uh, and this is when Gigi Dolan, JC Jane attack Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade from behind. They throw Gonzalez into the table that just so happened to be set up in the corner. Uh, <laughs> we And uh, yeah, so, the, so, so it's toxic attraction, as they say, standing tall in the middle of the ring. Yes, looking uh, mean and uh, evil and such. And that's, of course, leading to a tag team match next week. Cora Jade and Raquel versus Toxic Attraction. Some would say they look toxic. <laughs> I probably wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, the, the build that they're doing with Cora and Raquel. Kind of like Cora's spunky friend. I feel like this is leading to Cora. Like, the story seems... Like it's leading to Cora winning this match coming up and kind of like being the Mikey Whipwreck champion. Yeah. We talked about this last week, right? Like it just seems like this is what they're going to end up doing with her. But at some point, Matt, she needs to become a legit threat. She can't just keep fluking these wins. She can't keep uh, Mike Whipwrecking these wins. Like she needs to yes. legitimately get a win. After, you know, even though if she. If she cheaply gets the belt, I'm okay with that. But all of her title defenses, hence therefore after, need to be legit matches. I agree, man. I absolutely agree. And a good way to do that would have her vanquish uh, heel Raquel, who kind of gets mad and Sid viciouses her after the match if she pins Mandy. We're, we're going to see what happens, but this story sure seems like Cora Jade's winning this title at New Year's Evil. I agree with you 100% there. All right, we get a recap of Harlan throwing Brian Kendrick down the steps. Uh, Joe Gacy and Harlan are in the in a dark room to issue a public apology. Uh, Joe Gacy says Harlan is very sensitive and is too shaken up to speak, but you can see the regret written all over his face, and they'd like to apologize. But Kendrick triggered an emotion that took him back to a bad time. They don't condone violence, but Mr. Kendrick put his hands on Harlan used offensive language, calling him a freak. He hopes that everyone will learn and grow from this unfortunate event and thanks us for our time. Yeah, so, you know, a good promo. I guess it's sort of explained why Harland wouldn't be suspended because they, they, I don't know, the whole HR aspect of him calling him a freak. I don't know if it's a satisfying explanation, but it's pro wrestling. There are some pretty giant holes in this story, though. A, uh, Harlan should be in jail. B, Brian Kendrick should be dead if you look at how he landed on that staircase. The fact that he's wrestling next week is a little insane. But plus side, Brian Kendrick is wrestling next week. Yep. Again, I'm loving the fact that they're sticking veterans with uh, some of these youngsters. Um, and it's kind of cool to see, especially someone like a Brian Kendrick, you know, former WWE champion, Brian Kendrick. Um, and and, and we'll, we'll touch on this a little later, but I'm really digging kind of like this mentorship that they're doing from time to time. All right. So the grizzled young veterans are getting ready backstage. James Drake is stunned by an Instagram video uh, the Creed brothers have put up. Zach Gibson says he hates arrogant, 
cocky tag teams, and he has a plan to beat them with their smarts and not their muscle as we go to break. A little fun line, because of course, Boris, you see, they are an arrogant and cocky tag team. Oh, yeah, that's not the strong- joke. Oh, <laughs> oh, I don't know where I would be without you. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Not, I'm glad I'm here. Not the strongest grizzled young veteran segment. Also, not, like not the strongest seconds. bit between us there. <laughs> but it was like 30 seconds. What can you do? They can't all be winners. Just like the grizzled young veterans video. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right, so Indy Hartwell's working out. Persia Perota rolls up to tell her their match has been postponed. Um, Grayson Waller comes in, and Indy hands it to him for taking Johnny Gargano out. He makes some bullshit argument about Aussie solidarity, and she tells him to worry about AJ Styles. Waller provokes Hartwell more while Perota holds her back. I thought Indy did a really good job she here. Did. Like She was kind of noticeably... A, a good actress compared to the other ones in the in the promo. It was kind of like two people doing a pro wrestling promo, and Indy actually kind of like trying to be an actress and doing a pretty good job. I thought like I, Indy's a very good promo. She gets it. She's very good. Also, remember the fact that she's now been on the NXT roster for a while, right? And and she had a lot of promo time with the way. Yeah, yeah. She's been able to get comfortable in front of that camera for sure. All right. Um. This leads us into the Creed brothers, Brutus and Julius Creed. Who, how, why would you call your kid Brutus? <laughs> it's a rough name. It's not the best name, but we just as wrestling fans associate it with the Barber Beefcake, who is one of the worst of all time. So uh, I don't know. It might be, it might be less harsh in the real world than it is to wrestling fans. I don't know. At the same time, I cannot make fun of anyone's name as my name is Boris. <laughs> As a Latino man in this world. <laughs> you said it, buddy. Not me. <laughs> uh, don't worry. We don't have an HR department here. Um, <laughs> so it's the Creed Brothers versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. Uh, this match, you know, I got to say, at one point in the middle of this match, our favorite tag team showed up with an announce table of their own, and that's jacket time. Uh, they set up their own Japanese announced team right beside the English guys and uh, started doing their thing. And I got to say, this didn't insult me. This didn't uh, make me hate wrestling. This didn't uh, make me embarrassed watching this. This was probably the best thing Jack of Time has done since they formed. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was fine. Sure. It was, it was there, you know, they just, yeah, they came out, did the Japanese wrestling gimmick. I was glad because it kind of seemed like they were pulling out a tickle trunk of sorts and they were just going to like have all these jackets. That's kind of what I thought. I didn't realize it was a table. I'm glad it was a table and not some kind of, uh, you know, magic, uh, trunk full of jackets. But, uh, yeah, it was fine. This, uh, of course, led to a big brawl at the end of this match, which kind of was unsatisfying. But, meh, it, that's NXT TV. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Briggs and Jensen also show up in the middle of this match. Uh, but let's talk about the match itself. Uh, the Creed brothers, not so bad. They're actually looking a lot better week after week after week. Yes, and still Julius is noticeably better than Brutus. I would say like Julius is the star of the team, but Brutus is okay too. And they're they're definitely coming along. The Grizzled Young Veterans are highly underrated. Awesome team. Uh, there's a world where they're getting the push that Imperium is right now, and and everything is fine because I think they're as good on the microphone and close to as good in the ring. Although Imperium's fabulous, they're pretty good as well. 
Exactly. So uh, at one point, uh, Julius is brawling with Gibson. James di- James dives on them. Zach wants a power bomb, but Creed reverses it, and Jack and Time get into it with the Creeds. Uh, they get shoved. Uh, there's a shoving match. Uh, brings in Jensen. Join the fray, and all four teams are fighting around ringside. Um, and uh, yeah, the match essentially goes to a no contest. Yeah, double DQ, no contest uh, kind of thing-ish kind of situation. I don't know what you'd want to call it, but it went about 11 minutes depending on when they rang the bell. So, yeah, this is pretty standard average WWE fare. We're going to go two and a half AJs out of five, 50% spiral tap percentage. Mendoza line kind of situation here, buddy. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. All right. It is time for the appearance of the hardest working report in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. This time she's with Carmelo Hayes. Uh, uh, Hayes says Trick Williams is fearless and isn't scared of Dexter Loomis. Williams says he's got this and he's he's no punk that's going to get put in a trunk. Loomis always walks around eyes wide and thumb up and he's going to shove his thumb up his ass tonight. Uh, This is when Dexter appears on the TV next to them, spooks them, and we go to commercial break. I think Trick Williams is, uh, he's awesome on the mic. I think only once we've said, oh, Trick was, he kind of felt nervous there today. Like he kind of missed a little bit. I think we've only said that once. This is another great promo by Trick Williams. Super funny, really like engaging speaker. You want to see him talk. You want to see him get that microphone. I like Carmelo Hayes' heel, uh, get up heel. Uh, here he was wearing the the elf the the Santa hat and the the bright red overalls just classic dickhead heel Christmas time get up for uh, Carmelo Hayes I really love this act man both of these guys are very talented yep exactly um, yeah only if Trick Williams can wrestle even a percentage of as good as he can talk yeah yeah they well and he's very very new he's learning. Uh, this Dexter Loomis match was it was not great. Okay, anyways, before we go there, uh, we get footage from earlier in the day of Io Shirai and Zoe Stark in the trainer's room. Uh, they end up getting into an argument with Legado del Fantasma, which was essentially started over who gets to see the trainer. I love wrestling. <laughs> right? You're fighting backstage for the trainer. That's, that's pretty fun. But... Uh, yeah, no, this was a fine backstage promo, too. This is what I mean. If you're actually watching this show, these people are coming along pretty well. And I'm actually liking you can see them developing. You can see them becoming more comfortable. And uh, you can you can say there's too much going on. It's a little Russo-esque. But at the same time, they're trying to fit as many people onto the show as possible to help them all. They all need camera time. That's exactly what it is. Just like some people need jackets for jacket time. <laughs> Nobody, nobody needs jackets. <laughs> right, no, not in Canada. Not not this winter. Jeez, it's so hot. Um, but seriously though, like that's the thing, right? Like every match, there's a lot going on, right? And I, I like, I don't know. Like I'm still trying to think if I like this or I don't like this because sometimes I'm a fan of pandemonium, right? Like sometimes yeah. I just love a good show that reminds me of old school ECW where it's one segment after the next segment after the next segment. And it's like, like you know, no one can keep control in the show. But at the same time, I sometimes just like a good old wrestling, a good old fashioned wrestling show where it's a match with a beginning, middle and an end and no interruptions and then a, a promo and, you know, rinse and repeat. Right. 
Well, I, and again, that's it's the whole thing that a developmental TV show is just a weird concept and you're going to get some fucky results because of it. But yeah, man. It's uh, I understand what you're saying, but we're just not going to get that. Oh, from I know. This show. I know and we both we both know it. We both know it. We both accept it. But by the same token, you're just so used to seeing, you know, like sensical things happen on television shows. Not always wrestling, but like a lot of times, especially if you watch AEW, like, you know, stories tend to work. Ring of Honor, you're a big fan. Like booking tends to be logical. Matches tend to be put together really well or tended to in that company. So I can definitely see where you're coming from. But yeah, we got to uh, we got to accept that it ain't coming from this show, buddy. You know what else isn't coming from this show? A good Dexter Loomis versus Trick Williams match. No, sir. So yeah, it was yeah, just a lot going on in this one. Lots of bells and whistles and smoke and mirrors on the outside. And uh, yeah, but Dexter Loomis versus Trick Williams delivered the exact level of wrestling match that you'd think they would. Exactly. Um, and honestly, like even I hate criticizing people's wrestling skills. We are the last people that should criticize any athlete doing anything athletic. Yes. Like, let's be honest here. But, you know, just from a presentation point of view, every body slam that Trick Williams did, I don't know what he was like trying to do it just looked awkward yeah just like slightly off and again he's just new and they're developing but when it's a developmental tv show we're gonna see these bumps in the road and when we're talking about the show we're gonna tell you about them so it is what it is all right but yeah i i thought i appreciated that the that they put in some work in trying to hide like they they put in the shenanigans outside they did all they could to try to boost this match along Exactly, because uh, some of the shenanigans that we saw, we see Malcolm Bivens, Ivy Nile, uh, and Roderick Strong watching from the crowd up in the pavilion, as I'm going to call it. Um, you know, Trick <laughs> Williams does, or sorry, uh, Dexter Williams does the cotton the apron trick, um, you know, uh, at one point. Uh, and then uh, this is when Carmelo Hayes gets involved. Uh, Dexter Williams does his thumb up. Roderick Strong appears from behind. The two champions are going, fighting back and forth all the way to the back. Uh, Dexter Loomis and Trick Williams are essentially left alone. Um, Trick Williams tries to hit Dexter Loomis with a shoe because who the hell hits a human being in the head with a shoe? Um, And he misses. And Dexter Loomis eventually uh, uh, gets the silence in for the win. And uh, yeah, just some that that was the match basically. Yeah, I, I did kind of find the shoe gimmick funny. That's now Trick Williams officially his thing. He hits people with shoes, so he went for the last ditch shoe effort, and Dexter Loomis caught him in the silence while he still held the shoe. And then the 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 way the referee knew that he passed out officially is because the shoe dropped from his hand. The referee checked him, called the match. Uh, Trick Williams defeated by Dexter Loomis. I guess you would call it a technical submission with the silence, which is a uh, arm triangle. Uh, slash the Kata Gata May if you're into judo. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty bad match, but we're going to go as high as two AJs for uh, for the effort they put into it. They, the work outside the ring was better than the work inside the ring, though, which is rough. But yeah, not a bad effort, but a bad match. Two AJs out of five, 40% calf crusher percentage on this one, buddy. And you would think that the shenanigans ended there no my friend because Grayson Waller attacks Dexter Loomis after the match with a steel chair and then we go to commercial 
Grayson Waller showing up yet again he, they, for the second week in a row and less so this week. But for the second week in a row, this man is all over the show. He's the number one heel on NXT TV. Yep, exactly. Um, after the commercial break, we get a Pete Dunne hype reel where he talks about not letting the NXT 2.0 kids stand in his way. And what I appreciated a lot about this video is the fact that he says, these kids are 28 years old and so am I. You know, it's like... You know, finally, it's like that he's not some old geezer, but he has the background of being a geezer. Yeah, exactly. He's got the experience, but he is he is young, too, and he's just hitting his prime now. That's the whole point. I really like this a lot. Pete Dunne, you know, he's 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 all right. He's uh I like him backstage in this pre-produced role a lot more than with the microphone uh, in front of a live crowd setting. But this was really good. I like this a lot. Grayson Waller's back in the ring and he has a mic. He talks about how he can't stand WWE Hall of Fame speeches where legends think the WWE universe who he says are pathetic. When he says induct when he's inducted, he's going to say you're welcome and I told you so because he's proven that he is the NXT superstar. Enter AJ Styles. AJ Styles comes out to a huge ovation. It was massive. Like you would think that they were in the like almost le- a legit arena with the amount of noise that was being made for AJ Styles. Yeah, a hometown pop for someone who has been in NXT, I think, one other time in their entire career. Yep. All right. So uh, AJ's in the ring. Waller gives him, um, you know, he, he he makes fun of him a little bit. A little bit. Styles tells him he can shut up now and asks if this is the Grayson Waller he's heard so much about, the biggest jackass in NXT. He saw his little social media thing, saw him talking trash, and asks asks if he feels good about himself. Waller says he feels real popular going from that kid has potential to the NXT superstar all in the matter of one month uh, and getting the attention of a future Hall of Famer. But why is he here to be the veteran that helps out the newer guy or is he just looking for a new tag team partner to make himself relevant on Raw over the next few months? He appreciates the offer, but he's more of a singles guy. AJ accuses him of calling him out just to get the AJ Styles rub. He sees all the stuff Waller takes him from him, and he'll give it to him. He has potential, and he can appreciate that he's cocky, but a future superstar. Um, he says, uh, Braun Breaker, Tony D'Angelo, Carmelo Hayes. He can see all of those guys making it, but the jury's still out on Grayson Waller. His problem is that he'd rather look good and lose than look bad and win. Waller points out that he won at war games, but AJ says he himself said wins and losses count less than swipes and likes. They square up, but Grayson backs off and says he'll let almost have first uh, first and get Styles next. Yeah, so I, I thought actually that Grayson did better than AJ on the microphone here. Although, you know, promos have never really been AJ Styles thing. That's fine. But yeah, Grayson definitely at least held his own. I would personally say I thought he was a better promo than AJ on this night and uh, definitely made me want to see this match, which I assume, I hope, is coming on New Year's Evil, but we shall see. Maybe it'll be on NXT TV in a couple weeks after. Who knows? 
Exactly. Who knows when that's going to happen? All right. We are now backstage, Diamond Mine, um, with Malcolm Bivens. They're ready to cut a promo. He tells Carmelo and Trick, that's what happens when you disrespect them, and they want two things, respect and money. So at New Year's Evil, he proposes he proposes a champion versus champion, title versus title match. Roderick Strong says he's got two weeks to find his balls, and Malcolm wishes Hayes a very Merry Christmas. Roddy versus Mello, and we predicted this title versus title, and we're not the only ones to say this on the internet, but kind of feels like it's the end of the Cruiserweight title. Uh, so that kind of sucks, but at the same time, this match is going to be awesome i can't wait yeah man new year's evil is honestly looking really 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 good yeah two of the three matches look like they could be really strong and the third is actually quite intriguing i i am interested to see where they go with the women's title and then if you add grayson and aj and potentially this next six-man tag that got set up ooh, cards looking nice nice exactly all right so back from the commercial we get another matt riddle vignette with msk wesley admits that he was skeptical at first but riddle has led them on a journey of enlightenment and riddle says he's learned some things and can wait to share them with randy uh, and gives them some sweet RK Bro merch for Christmas. He tells them to call Imperium out next week, and he also says he's going to be out there with them. Uh, things get weird as they go on their scooters. They make some proclamations about scooters and the path and blah, blah, blah. Uh, MSK wake up. They're back on the train stop where they were at the beginning of the vignettes, and they swear off their quote-unquote supplies, but when they find the RK Bro merch, they wonder if it was really just a dream. A bus rolls up, Matt Riddle gets out and uh, snaps them some scooters, or snaps them up some scooters into existence, and they ride off into the sunset. Yeah, so it was a weird, like, half-fake twist here where they, they the, the reason why, like, they snapped awake and woke up from their quote-unquote dream was because all three got hit by a car while scooting around, right? And then, yeah, so it was just weird. Like, are they actually not going to do this match? And then Matt Riddle just showed up, and they are going to do this match. Why do the car thing? I guess they just needed some kind of gag. Yeah. So they did the hit-by-a-car joke, yeah. which is always a classic. Ultimately, ultimately, the joke is, is they, they were so high that they dreamed all of this up, right? Yes, of course, of course. But, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, what we're pota- uh, potentially leading to here, Boris, is Imperium featuring Walter versus Matt Riddle and MSK. And if we can get some Matt Riddle versus Walter action on my television, let's go, buddy. Let's do it. And to think this is potentially going to happen on NXT. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it could be a New Year's Evil match, but there's there's a lot going on in NXT. But I'll tell you, I booked that match for New Year's Evil, and that sounds like it could be incredible. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah, it for seems. sure. All right, this leads us into Edris Inofi versus Von Wagner. Um, pretty pointless match. Robert Stone is watching from the ramp. Matt, Edris Inofi wins by pinfall after a schoolboy pin. Yeah, it was like a code red reversal of a of a of a power bomb. He did like a, a pretty bad version of the old Sami Zayn Cesaro spot, and basically ended up in the roll up position for the win in a minute and ten seconds. Idris Anofe pins Von Wagner, yeah. who just beat Kyle O'Reilly in a cage, who just has been crushing people, pins him clean. See, I understand that. 
I, I, I personally, I don't agree with this, but I, I think the story they're trying to say, and, and the commentators kind of said this, and that's Von Wagner is still young. He's going to be making mistakes and the whole, you know, he's going to end up getting Robert Stone in his corner. Who's going to yeah. teach him, you know, the proper way and not to make mistakes. So this loss really isn't the worst because after the match, uh, Von Wagner attacks and throws Inofi back into the ring. He lays him out with a with an Olympic slam. Uh, he does a wrist lock um, and he basically destroys him with a short arm lariat. Yeah, exactly. As Robert Stone watches on like knowingly, right? So I definitely think you're bang on. And hopefully Robert Stone, you know, he can be taken a little more seriously. He be- he can become a actual like Jim Cornette, Bobby Heenan type manager, if not level of manager, you know? I never thought in this world we would ever say Robert Stone and Bobby Heenan in the same line. I'm not saying close to the same skill level, but hopefully he becomes a little more of that type of manager. He can still take a bump. He can still cut a funny promo, but at the end of the day, he's not a total joke. He's not absolutely ridiculous and a bottom of the card, like low mid opening act, right? He could be a manager of stars and he could still get his wackiness and take his bumps and et cetera. Exactly. Um, How would you rate this match? Uh, confusing is how I would rate this match. Uh, I don't know. You couldn't really go higher than like a one AJ out of five. It lasted one minute and it was basically two moves long. So yeah, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go one AJ out of five. I don't know. I couldn't call it a good squash. Couldn't call it anything really. Uh, it's a 20% Ushiguroshi percentage. Pretty, pretty solid, confusing fail. <laughs> yep. But you know, what's not confusing. What's that buddy? Who the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling is because she is backstage with Imperium this time. Imperium says they shattered MSK's hearts into a million pieces and they're trying to put them together still. But they drove Riddle out of town the first time he and he won't help them. Uh, they have found a shaman, but they have a general, they say. Yeah, so the ring general Walter, that's a big tease. It'd be awesome if he came over to the this side of the pond, wrestled a couple matches. I'd be okay with seeing Walter in the main roster. I think it's something we should keep our eyes open for. It might happen now that he is uh, divorced and single and out there looking to mingle, perhaps with Ginny, if Instagram is any, uh, you know, uh, indication of what's going on there. Anyway, Boris, I hope we get more Walter on our television. Let's start at New Year's Evil six-man tag. All right, so commentary team is hyping up New Year's Evil card, and in the background, we see Wendy Chu taking a nap. She has officially become the Where's Waldo of NXT. It's so funny. I straight up forgot about this gimmick because it's only been seen in the background of things. I've seen it. We've seen it like twice or three times. I totally forgot Wendy Chu was even a thing. And I thought it was just some sassy person doing like a bit for social media. Just like she had a full body pillow and sleeping mask and she was just sleeping, which sends a horrible message. If you're watching this on television, we do a podcast and I forgot that this is an actual like gimmick. If you're just flipping the channels and you see somebody asleep at a wrestling show what the what the hell's the point of that that is a terrible idea that is a terrible idea to put on your television board 
it's all right if it's in the background of a promo or something, but the fact that it was as the commentators yeah. are talking, it like mixed in and she mingling was, in the crowd. So you don't know whether this was a performer or not. She was in the, in the, like what the first or second row behind the, uh, she was perfectly, behind the commentary. She was perfectly right in between the two commentators. So, you know, they framed Centered. this on purpose as looking like a fan who has fallen asleep on the show it's just like it's so crazy it's it's such a terrible idea i didn't get that at all yep but that was a thing that happened all right electra lopez is walking backstage with agado del fantasma uh she says she's not nervous she's going to destroy io shirai as they walk off zion quinn does his best dexter loomis impression as he just stares on from the shadows <laughs> Pretty creepy. Zion Quinn, pretty creepy on this show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. There's uh, some, like, say, you know, I wonder what HR has to say about some of this stuff. Um, this leads us into Electra Lopez versus Io Shirai. Uh, may I take it? Yes. I'll just read, uh, I'll just read my finish report here. Io Shirai pins Electra Lopez with the moon over moonsault after Zion Quinn brings mistletoe out mid-match and attempts to kiss Electra, but Santos Escobar breaks it up, distracting Electra, leading to said moonsault in four minutes and four seconds, wrestling LOL. <laughs> this was bad. Ah, oh, man, I, I hate that these words are coming out of my mouth, but this was a bad Io Shirai match. Has to have been, has to have been the worst match of Io Shirai's career. It was four minutes. It was just it was just bullshit nonsense. Vince Russo hokiness. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. This was honestly really, really bad. Like I don't even know what else to say to be honest. Yeah, just yeah, just a dud. It wasn't like I would say negative stars has to be like embarrassing, like make you sad that you watched it, like bad for professional wrestling. I don't think this was embarrassing. But this is just this is just hokey nonsense. I would go like dud, zero AJs, zero percent styles clash percentage. And it indeed was a styles clash, Boris. Ouch. Ouch. All right. Uh, <laughs> Carmelo Hayes is ready to cut a promo on Roderick Strong from the locker room. He says he's going to give Roderick Strong a Christmas present, but he's going to be the one walking out with two titles. Sure. Great. Cool. Let's effing go. I'm excited for that one. Yep. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, A-O-A-O, Gabagool. He comes out uh, before we go to commercial. After the commercial, Brian Kendrick responds to Joe Gacy's non-apology. He says he's resigned as a coach and signed a waiver and taking his neck break off. He tells Harlan if he wants an apology, he can get it from him in the ring next week. It's kind of funny that this uh, bump down the stairs that would have literally murdered an average man, Brian Kendrick, just shook off in a week. But hey, it's fine. Brian Kendrick versus Parker Bordeaux. Let's do it. Yep. All right. Main event time. Pete Dunn versus Tony D'Angelo. Matt, what did yeah. you think of this match? Yeah. So this was a war. Pete Dunn gets in there and beats the crap out of his opponent, and the opponent beats the crap out of him. Uh, yeah, D'Angelo, this was his best singles match by a wide margin. This was like pretty much his only real competitive one V one. Like he he squashed people, but this was his first pretty well, like, you know, big main event stage in a one V one, uh, match. And he delivered, although he is like, there's some greenness, as they say, you can see that he's very, very new to this. He is a rookie. There was a suplex that he threw on Pete Dunn that could have 
murdered him. It could have killed him. He landed on the top of this guy's. He just threw him like caution to the wind, just like absolutely just shit house this guy over his head. Like I could, that was very dangerous. And Pete Dunn got D'Angelo back with a brutal kick to the face later, like kicked him right in the face. And I feel like it was a receipt for that suplex. Yep. There was a disgusting Dr. Death, Steve Williams, Scott Steiner level, like kill a man suplex. Yeah. It really, that one honestly scared me. I did legit think that, Holy shit. What did I just watch? Like did I just watch a man get, get murdered in the middle of the ring. Like it was really bad. Yeah. Um, but I just the kick, uh, the kick made me laugh. Like it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> you like literally laughed out loud. Like all oh, receipt, ching. Yep. You just hear the cash register in your head. But it just uh, that suplex just made me think of Vince McMahon. Like watching uh, watching jobbers backstage in uh, in Beyond the Mat and just going, oh well, that needs some work. Like boy, yeah, that needs some work because uh, you can't be doing that to you know the Roman Reigns's of the world. Although Pete Dunne obviously far smaller than Roman Reigns. But yeah, that suplex literally could have killed Pete Dunne. Top of his head. Crazy. Honestly, what I was thinking is like when they were the Mike Modest dark match when he's watching. Yes. Oh, no. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah, that that's. Was it Mike Modest and Vic Grimes or am I mixing up a different dark? You're mixing up. You're mixing up. It it was Mike Modest and someone else. But yeah, it was just. Oh, man. It was just disgusting. Just absolutely disgusting. That uh, that suplex. But yeah. You know, again, I think you said it. This is by far Tony D'Angelo's best singles match. Um, You do see some green, but you also see some overall potential. Um, You know, I kind of want to see a little more rap. Like, okay, I'm not sure what style Tony D'Angelo is trying to, to, to portray. Like, is he a wrestler or is he a brawler? Well, that's the thing. And he can toe that line and kind of do both because... His character is, it suggests brawler, like dirty cheater, a mafioso guy, obviously. But at the same time, he's been open about the fact that he is a tremendous real life wrestler. And I think they just need to play that up in promos a little more to justify it in his character. But I think you can be both. You can toe that line. You can kind of be, uh, you know, I don't know, a Stan Hansen-ish guy. Yeah, because Hansen was more and more brawler, obviously. But anyway. But even then, like Tony D'Angelo, like he did a beautiful Falcon Arrow. Like, yeah, that suplex looked rough, but that Falcon Arrow actually looked pretty good. Um, that wasn't enough. Pete Dunne ends up getting a Fujiwara armbar in the middle of the ring. Uh, D'Angelo was struggling. He was trying to post up out of it. Dunne wrenches the fingers, but Tony's able to hook a finger into his mouth, pull the mouth guard out, smashes Pete's mouth into the turnbuckles, hook the leg, but Dunne reverses this, uh, wishbones the fingers. He does the bitter end for the win. Yes, uh, your winner, 12 minutes and 50 seconds, Pete Dunne with the pump handle flatliner, bitter end. I really like, they hit his they hit his theme, they zoom in on his face, and he just gives the little Pete Dunne shrug, like, well, yeah. what did you expect? Of course I was going to beat the shit out of this kid. That actually <laughs> so made me I, really, I like that. I like that yeah, a lot. I, I like oh, that sorry. a lot, too. Yeah. No, that's fine. Uh, babyface Pete Dunne, I think he's better as a heel, but Babyface Pete Dunne is working for me right now. This ass-kicking Babyface. I like this match a lot. We're going to go as high as three and a half uh, AJs out of five, 70% bloody Sunday percentage for this one, big homie. Nice. All right. So after the match, Dunne fends off an attack from Tony D'Angelo, A-O-A-O, Gabagool. Uh, he kicks him out of the ring. Tony cuts him off. Hits the fisherman's neck breaker on the floor, or the Gabba Cruel, as we call it. Uh, this is when Tony D'Angelo finds the crowbar again, draws Pete up, choking him against the neon's table uh, before hitting him square 
in the hand with said crowbar. And that is the show. Yeah, Pete Dunn screaming in agony, his hand broken from this crowbar shot. And uh, this feud must continue. And that's another reason why I'm worried about Riddle, uh, the six-man tag, at, uh, at New Year's Evil. Because this feels like a match that should probably be on that big show. So we're running out of room on that card. Oh, very fast. Especially when you consider that we already have three title matches on that card. Yes. Absolutely. So, yeah, we're going to see how it shakes down. It's going to be, you know, it's not a pay-per-view. It's a two-hour episode of NXT TV. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited for the next two weeks. we got some really good stuff, and this was a good show overall. Fabulous main event there. Really good match. I, I like the opener, although it might not be your cup of tea. Personally, it is my cup of tea, so I quite enjoyed it. And nothing wrong with the Grayson Waller-AJ promo in the middle. So, yeah, you know, a solid effort from the Rainbow brand. Yeah. Honestly, I really thoroughly enjoyed this show. Um, I did watch this at about four in the morning this morning because I had some <laughs> stuff to do last night. Uh, but I honestly really do really, really, really did like this. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a f fine show. No issues. I enjoyed it. Everything was good. Um, yeah. So I think uh, any 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 last or any last words before we hype next week's card? Uh, no, just yeah, I just I think people should give this brand a chance. Don't just decide before you watch it that it's all terrible and you know that NXT sucks now because there are actually I bet you'll find one or two things on the show that you do enjoy. And I do think there's a good chance that these guys will be the future of WWE. This experiment might actually work as intended. So it's interesting to see these Braun Breakers, these Grayson Wallers right now. That's exactly it. All right, Matt, I think it's time that we jump across to the other side of the pond and talk about NXT UK on NXT UK Corner. Let's do it before we get too knackered, homie. As we say each and every week here on NXT Talk, NXT UK more often than not, it is the best hour of WWE programming each and every week. And this week, honestly, let me tell you, let me tell all the listeners something. I've been super busy with a lot of stuff over the past couple weeks. Um, and from Thursday up until now, I've basically been swamped. Haven't had time to watch NXT UK. So at about 6.30, 7 in the morning, I send Matt a message and I'm like, hey, can you cover NXT UK for me? I don't think I'll be able to watch it. I need to nap a little before we record. Everything was good. I Clearly, I don't sleep. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to watch this episode. Holy crap, Matt. I am so happy that I didn't skip this episode of NXT UK. Yeah, man, like I'm always down for you. If you ever want to, you know, take a nap, <laughs> take a breath here and there, I'm always down to cover a show. But I'm glad you watched it, and I would have given you a little bit of shit for skipping this one because it was the best NXT UK in a while, man. I, I I thought two awesome matches. Every promo was solid, and I love the show. It's 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 peaking right now at uh, at the right time. I think, yeah, it, you know what I mean. It's just, it's it's a really good product, very reliable show, just an easy watch. 
Yep. So we start things off right away, as is Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness. Welcome us to the show. Uh, the first match is the Iron King, Joe Coffey versus Charlie Dempsey. Yes, and they beat the hell out of each other. This Charlie Dempsey, Charles Regal, son of the great Blackpool heel, the most evil man in the history of England. I think that checks out. Don't read your history books. William Regal, this is a uh, man. This is good stuff. I, I quite enjoyed this match. So I was texting you during this match, and it's very rare that we text each other, especially during NXT. I just like to keep, you know, the, the mystery alive um, in terms of what we think and what we're going to say. Right. But sometimes we just do uh, because this match, honestly, dude, this Charlie Dempsey, if you haven't seen him wrestle, check this episode out because you see like even just the way he moves around the ring is so fluid. It's so natural. It's so good. It like everything, dude, he makes a headlock look good. Yeah, he's like a bigger WWE version of Zack Sabre Jr. He's got that Zack Sabre Jr., that excellence of execution, as they used to say about Bret Hart. Just com- just looks like butter in there, flows like water. It's, it's, it's a treat to watch. He's had, what, four, five NXT UK matches? Already, he's one of my absolute favorites, tippy-top of the mountain. Oh, for sure. Like And yeah, like these two are just like going Back and forth, punching each other. Uh, Coffee does a flying cross body off cross body off the ropes. Uh, Coffee hits a Glasgow send off just before Tioman and Rohan Raja make their way out there to help Dempsey out of the ring to kind of save the match. Uh, Gallus, uh, Coffee, and Wolfgang run out to keep Tioman and Raja away from the ring. In the ring, Dempsey puts Coffee to sleep with a chokehold. Um, and it was one of the nastiest looking dragon sleepers I have seen in a very long time. Like, it just looked like he was actually wrenching him to sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, it's that excellence of execution. It's that just that attention to detail. Everything Dempsey does looks like it hurts. It looks really good. And yeah, though it there there was some uh, you know some chicanery. Though Di Familia did interfere. By far the biggest win of Charlie Dempsey's career. And I, I a feather in his cap to get this win over Joe Coffey at this stage. Yeah. Uh, I like this match a lot. So how would you rate this match? We're gonna go as high as three and three quarter uh supernovas out of five it's a 75 percent crumpet percentage boris i would say it was better than everything on nxt stateside yep agreed 100 percent there um and honestly you know if if wwe were to do and i don't see this happening anytime soon just because of the travel situation but if they were to ever redo a worlds collide nxt versus nxt uk show you know what match what would be my dream match at this point? What's the Boris dream match right now? Buddy? Di Familia versus Legado del Fantasma. Oof, oof, Familia versus Familia. Oh man, that would be that would be awesome. Although Di Familia needs a female member to uh, contend with Electra. True, true. But, but you know, regardless, I just you know, just just throwing <laughs> this out there. All right, I love it. I love the idea. All right, so we uh, get a video package highlighting the historic win of Mustache Mountain last week to earn the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. Uh, We cut to assistant GM Sid Scala. He announces there's going to be an NXT UK Tag Team Championship number one contenders elimination match series. (sighs) 
that's a lot, to determine <laughs> Mustache Mountain's first opponents. The first two teams up to bat will be Symbiosis versus Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter. Their match will take place in three weeks. Then on January 13th, it'll be Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff versus D Familia Tioman and Rohan Raja. Yeah, so that'll be pretty good. That'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they book this tournament. I, I who do you think is going to come out on top here? I honestly think it'll be D Familia. You do, eh? I yeah. kind of feel like see, I I think they're getting the strongest push of these four acts overall. But I feel like this feud with uh, Gallus is going to lead to that being a separate match, right? So right. I think Gallus is going to keep them from winning this tournament. Great boss. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, now that I think about it. Um, all right, Matt. Then yes, came sir. up the best, <laughs> the best promo I have seen all freaking week. And it was your boy, Jordan Devlin, head himself. He's walking us through a day in his life. <laughs> Despite the cockiness displayed throughout this beautiful vignette, Devlin makes a compelling argument on why he believes he has the skills and assets to become the next contender and possible champion of NXT UK. Yeah, just a fabulous video, man, set to Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, which is a sneaky, awesome heel gimmick. It just he this man taking himself so seriously. But yeah, it's, it's really made him seem like uh, like like the biggest asshole in the world, but also like, you know, like somebody to take seriously. So like he's putting in his work, you know, like, and I just I thought this was absolutely fabulous talking about doing a thousand crunches in the morning his and just showing mask. open. Yeah, his face, yeah, his frozen face mask while doing a thousand crunches and is like shaking hands with fans and then turning around and just open disdain and disgust on his face. It's great stuff. Great stuff. I can't believe that I, I used to hate this man. Jordan Devlin is a, is a gem. He's a treat. And I'm glad that I, uh, you know, I've learned. I, I've seen the error of my ways, Boris. Yeah, hey, 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 if anything, we we, we, we call each other out. Like, I've, I've done the 180 on Cora Jade, right? And it just, yeah, man. No, yeah. <laughs> it happens. We, you know, we can come in with biases, but at the end of the day, we got to be fair. And if someone just keeps delivering, then we can say we were wrong. And I was wrong about Devlin. He rules. Now, what I really love about this promo, and similar to Di Familia's promo from last week, uh, it's the cinematography. It's the way that it's filmed. It just looks so professional and so yeah. well done. It's like a like a short film, right? Like I just absolutely adore that from these promos. It makes it feel super professional, super good. You can tell that they take their time on even the the script and just the way that it's shot, the way that it looks, even the filters that they use. Oh, just one some some wonderful stuff we're getting from NXT UK right now. 100%. Like matches aside, in the past 2 weeks, I've seen two of the best promos of the entire year out of NXT UK. Amel's promo last week and this awesome Jordan Devlin backstage video this week. Not even by you can't even call it a backstage video, a worldwide video, Jordan Devlin. Yep. Open world video. Yep. All right. <laughs> 
Um, mustache mounts in-ring segments. So Trans Seven opens opens the segment by mentioning what a wild eighteen months it's been. Uh, they're back on top. The tag team mountains. Seven admits there have been some times where they've both fallen short and thought about what's to come if they didn't win last week. Uh, but all doubts changed the moment they became champions. The wheels aren't falling off anytime soon. Uh, Tyler Bate adds that with a little bit of patience, good things come. Uh, Seven takes a moment to reflect on Tyler Bate becoming the first ever NXT UK Grand Slam champion. Uh, the fans chant, uh, start chanting Grand Slam boy with an I. Uh, they think the they thank the fans, the production crew, and everyone in the back who supported and believed in them. They look forward to what will be a bright new year for both of them. Until then, they're gonna celebrate the holidays and bask in the historic glory before getting their feet wet and defending their titles. Sure, great. I yeah, I liked emotional, sad, uh, old dog Trent Seven. You know what I mean. But uh, it's very clear where this is going. They're taking longer to get there than we thought they would. But I kind of like that. They could be champ for five, six months. But this is very clear that Trent Seven is going to turn on Tyler Bate and have a really good feud, I hope. And that'll kind of be the end of Seven's career. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Uh, <laughs> next up was uh, NXT UK Women's Champion. Miko Satamora has run laps around the majority of the NXT UK Women's Division. Now she's got a larger target on her hands in Blair Davenport. Both women look to test their strength for the championship in three weeks. We hear from both of them and what each will bring to the table during their match. Yeah, good, uh, you know, solid, standard fare. You've seen this video a thousand times, but it wasn't bad. I like Blair Davenport calling herself the Ichiban Gaijin, the number one foreigner. She dominated Japan, and now Mike, Miko Satomura is in her neck of the woods, and uh, yeah, Blair Davenport ain't taken too kindly to that. This will be a good match when it happens. Do you think Blair wins the first one? Oh, man. I've been, I was thinking about this, and I, I kind of want to say yes, but I think they might wait a couple matches for to finally give it to Blair. I think she's going to, I, I can see that argument, but I do think she's going to win the first one. I think they're going to push her, continue to push her very, very strongly. She's going to get the big W right away. Oh, man. Well, regardless, I think it's going to be a great match. Uh, so the second match of the night was Danny Jones versus Kenny Williams. Yeah, Kenny Williams grabs a mic on the way to the ring, says, gives Danny Jones classic heel gimmick the chance to walk away. Danny Jones, of course, does not want to walk away, but Kenny Williams would prefer to fight Mark Andrews instead. They have a match. It was, uh, you know, it was a WWE wrestling match, and Kenny Williams won with the bad luck, Boris, which is the headlock driver that Dean Ambrose used to use. Yep, exactly. Uh, so the scum of the earth picks up the win. I love it. Um, how would you rate this match? Yeah, we're going to go uh, pretty standard average Mendoza line kind of affair. Two and a half supernovas out of five. Yeah. 50% uh, crumpet percentage. Yep, I agree with you there. All right, Eddie Dennis guarantees 2022 will be a new and destructive year for symbiosis. They will square off with Ashton Smith. And Oliver Carter in three weeks as part of the tag team number one contenders elimination series. Sure thing. Nice to see these tag teams get a little promo time. Uh, remind us who they are if we've forgotten. Yep. Uh, it's announced that next week NXT UK is going to host a special holiday episode. Um, backstage, Kenny Williams attacks Mark Andrews. Uh, Williams snickers as he leaves the room, telling the production crew Andrews needs help. 
Yeah, I actually really like this. Like you hear screaming and then you see Kenny Williams come out of the room and go, hey, there's been an accident. We need help. And he like very sarcastically yeah. walks away. And that was that was how it opened was Kenny Williams running out of the room. So I thought that was pretty good. I, uh, you know, uh, Williams versus Andrews is going to be good. Andrews can get a good match out of anybody. Yep, exactly. Uh, the main event of the night was a number one contenders match for the Heritage Cup. It's A-Kid versus Nathan Frazier. This match was absolutely wonderful. All right, so yes. let's go round by round. Uh, round one was, you know, was kind of setting the stage. I think that overall, the story that they were trying to go with, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, and that's that while A-Kid was the NXT UK Heritage Cup champion, he has a rib injury right now. So the, the round yes. one was kind of used to set up Nathan Frazier as the odds-on favorite to kind of win this because they even make a point to say that at the end of round one, like, A-Kid's out of breath. He looks tired. He looks like he's struggling. Yes, absolutely. Not only did they set up that A-Kid is the underdog despite being, like, the you know, the more veteran uh, combatant in this match, they also set up that the, the styles clash of the two where Frazier's going to want to speed the pace up but A-Kid, especially due to his injury and just because he's more ground-based Pokemon anyway, he's going to try to keep this on the mat and he's going to try to use scientific wrestling and, you know, the power-based suplexes and such. So that's how A-Kid's going to play this thing. And especially so because he can't move due to his ribs. Yep. And this leads us into round two where Nathan Frazier kind of continues to try to keep the pace high. But A-Kid kind of locks in a bunch of... of uh, technical submission moves but then i this is where i really love this match because it was like I, I forget how i um described it to you but it was a technical aerobatic match like an acrobatic match like it yes. was it was very interesting like they kept trying to do these technical ground maneuvers but they kept using um you know smart different ways acrobatic ways of, of reversing and getting out of them which eventually led to frazier pinning a kid off of some of these reversals. Yes, and out wrestling the wrestler, catching A Kid in a pinning combination and beating him. So, yeah, after round two, A Kid with a rib injury has now also been out wrestled by this hot young upstart, Ben Carter, AKA Nathan Fraser. And Fraser up 1 0 after two rounds. Yep, and now round three, the story is essentially A Kid now is down. A pin. He knows he has to come back, so he goes guns a blazing, um, and essentially, you know, uh, he locks on a Fujiwara armbar, but, but, the bell saves Nathan Frazier. Yeah, saved by the bell, which is, you know, it's a little cliche in these like round based matches, but at the same time, it, it works every time. Like it, it's kind of got to happen. So I, I excuse it, but you kind of know you're going to see at least one saved by the bell spot in these matches. Yeah, exactly. Um, round four. Yes, round four. Uh, essentially, a kid gets his pin uh, after a flying super kick that helps him get the first point on the board. Um, is this the round that he does his... No, that's, that's the next round when he does the, the German suplex. Yes, yeah, absolutely, which was crazy. Yeah, the fifth round was a ton of fun. We'll get into that. But in the, it was round four that I, I find, it finally hit me and I texted you 
Uh, it's been bugging me. Who does A-Kid remind me of? He's this generation's Rick Martel. That's who A-Kid reminds me of. Rick the Model Martel, babyface AWA version. He's you know, He kind of looks a little similar. He's smaller, but he's got that technical, just a pure babyface. He, he would have fit in in the 80s other than the fact that he's 160 pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, this leads us now. So now it's all tied up. One, one. We're going into round five. Round five was a shit ton of fun. Um, you know, they both know they only have two rounds left to get the final victory. They're going back and forth a lot. Uh, Va- uh, Frazier leaps over um, a kid a couple times. Uh, they're going back and forth at one point. Uh, Nathan Frazier sets up to do a springboard off of the middle rope, but uh, A-Kid kind of catches him, does a German suplex as he's going through his legs. It was an insane-looking move. Like, I don't even know. Like, I hope I was able to describe it and give it some justice. Yeah, like sliding through his legs, the old baseball slide, while delivering a German suplex. We've kind of seen it done like on the ropes before, but yeah, man, this uh, just awesome, incredible move. These guys are such good wrestlers. It was a treat to see them wrestle in this format, and I'd love to see them have a takeover match or some kind of extended 15-minute, 20-minute pure wrestling match. Although this was great, too. Oh, it was fantastic. It was so good. Um, But then eventually, you know, the wrestler out wrestles nathan frazier uh he gets him in an octopus stretch right in the middle of the ring nathan frazier has nowhere else to go so he has to tap out to give a kid the win yes a kid defeats nathan fraser two to one in the fifth round of this match went about 14 minutes and 15 ish seconds and i thought it was great man i would go as high as four supernovas out of five best thing we discussed on the podcast today awesome main event in nxt uk oh it was so freaking good it was so freaking good there's a lot coming up in nxt i think the next few weeks both nxt and nxt uk have some pretty strong shows coming up yes sir yeah well we uh we already know the three title matches confirmed for new year's evil that's the women's title champion mandy rose versus cora jade versus raquel gonzalez we have title for title Carmelo Hayes versus Roderick Strong, North American versus Cruiserweight title, and of course, Braun Breaker versus Tommaso Ciampa for that big belt, the big goldie. Yep, exactly. Um, Yeah, so much on the go. Man, what a week of NXT it's been. Again, I'm so lucky I caught this episode of NXT UK, and here I was just going to skip out on it. That teaches me. Oh, I'm glad too. Um, All right, man. So I think before we go, we should tell everyone what's coming up here on SNME Radio because it's going to be a weird couple weeks as it's the holidays. Um, So tomorrow, bam, the hard cuts of our top 121 list. That's going to be a fun show. That's coming out tomorrow. We also have our bold predictions for 2022. That's on bam tomorrow. Uh, Then on the Saturday. Is going to be a ton of shows coming out. You have Dynamite on Saturday. You have Rampage on Saturday. So those shows probably won't be coming out until Sunday. But the Smack Daddies are going to be doing daddy stuff. That sounded really weird. But they're going to be doing daddy stuff. Uh, So the Young Guns are taking over the SmackDown review this week. We're going to be talking all things on uh, pre-recorded SmackDown. 
that's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a very chill episode, man. I honestly think I'm yeah. going to bring on either my brother and or nephew just to talk some wrestling. Do it, man. Absolutely. We're going to record that on Christmas Day, probably during the evening. I'm going to have a nog or two in me, Boris, and it's going to be a ton of fun, man. Yeah, definitely bring some family guests on. Maybe I will as well, depending on who's in my home on that day. Exactly. Um, yeah, and then on Sunday, it is the best of 2021 as uh, the panel gets together and talks about the best of 2021 that was a really fun show uh so you should tune in that the patrons are going to be getting that show obviously a little earlier than usual um but then yeah this leads us into a bunch of shows that are because even the 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 wrestling schedule is all over the place so we'll see when shows drop but if you're a part of the message board which you probably are we'll keep everyone up to date we're going to make sure that every show is covered but just remember that next weekend saturday January the 1st, there, uh, there is a pay-per-view. There will be a podcast. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're talking Hosted about by that. your boys. Yep, talking host- some day one. Yep. We're getting the call to the after pod party, and I'm very excited, man. They're going to keep that New Year's Eve energy going into day one and then sleep for a long time. <laughs> oh, that I plan to. Um, and we'll see how that goes. Ballergear.ca for all of your SNME radio merch, tons of merch, all at ballergear.ca. Just go there, and the collection is SNME radio. Uh, and yeah, just uh, everyone, honestly, have fun, stay safe, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy whatever you celebrate. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate everyone's comments, everyone's messages, everyone's anything, honestly. Thank you so much. And Matt, Merry Christmas to you. It's always, it's been a pleasure. And I know that we have a bunch of shows to record still, but I just want to take that second and thank you. And uh, we'll take it from here. Oh, thanks, buddy. And likewise, thank you for everything. And Merry Christmas to you and yours and to the listeners. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. Check out BAM tomorrow. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah.